evening and welcome to the Red Oviedo podcast. You're listening to Chris Darwin at Come On The Oviedo and I'm joined by a very special guest today. John Mothershaw is unable to be with us because it's his birthday today and he's decided he's got better things to do than to discuss the disaster at the weekend. You can't probably blame him too much for that. So I am joined by the one and only Dan Roberts. Say hello, Dan. Hi, Chris. You okay? Very well, thanks, mate. Very well. Very pleased to have you on today. Makes a difference talking to somebody who might know a little bit more about Oviedo than me and John. So, <laughs> so no, no pressure at all for you, fella. But uh, yeah, we're going to be we're going to be rinsing you of everything that's been going on this season, I think. So, uh, so yeah. But before we go into all that, listeners, we are going to have to just quickly touch upon the uh, the game at uh, game at the weekend. I did say the week before that we probably wouldn't get stuffed like that away from home again this season and that Huesca was a complete one-off and shows how much I know about football. So, Dan, in in one set, pretend it's a tweet, Dan. Pretend it's a tweet. Right. In 140 characters or less, give us your thoughts on the game and we might discuss it in a little bit more detail. Uh, well, uh, I don't really know where to start on that one. Um, we're completely outplayed from the first minute, I think. Um, we're completely open seems so easy Falcacon just to glide through our defense and score really terrible <laughs> well I don't think Dan quite gets the uh, the, the concept of Twitter there because that was more than 140 <laughs> characters but but as it as it's his first time we'll we'll let him off uh, you were actually at the game weren't you Dan uh, yeah I was yeah how, how long did it take you to get there uh, about five hours so okay time out for each goal <laughs> yes yes indeed was, was the weather nice uh, no, it was terrible. It was raining all game as well. So. <laughs> so you may as well have just gone to a game at Oviedo, really. Exactly, yeah. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. Okay. So, guys, I don't know how many of you have actually what, actually watched the game yourself or have caught up on the uh, on the highlights that are available through La Liga 1-2-3 on YouTube. But, uh, but, yeah, just to give you a quick... A quick uh, resume of, of what happened. Basically, it looked like Juan Carlos was playing for them. Would that be a fair, uh, fair assumption? <laughs> yeah, with that second goal, he didn't do too well. It just seemed oof, uh, not much power in the shot. And I don't know what happened, but he just seemed to punch into his own net. <laughs> there was more power in his punch than, yeah, than, definitely. than in I the, think the so, original yeah. shot. <laughs> Yeah, so what? But, but all, all, all jokes aside, what what was really going on down there? Because we saw the game against Wesker, and I've, I've said on the on the podcast quite a few times this year that we we clearly have a strategy, and whether we like the strategy or not, we have a strategy, and that is to keep it tight, uh, home and away, allow teams to come on to us, and then look to hit them on the break. Now, as a strategy, that's all well and good, but if you don't keep it tight and you're playing quite a defensive game, well, when you're three nil, four nil, whatever it is down, there comes comes a point where you've got to think, hang on, this defensive strategy isn't working too well. And we've got stuffed at Huesca, and we look it looks like to the naked eye, we've gone out to uh, to Alcacon with exactly the same game plan as got turned around in, in the Huesca game, and ended up with almost the same result, if not slightly worse. It, is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I'd go along with that. Yeah, definitely. I think there's a few key players in this team, really, and without them, we struggle. Uh, for example, on Saturday, we were missing Christian Fernandes, and I think he's a really good defender. He just gives that solidarity to the back four. But, yeah, it's hard to say, really, what happens away from home because we seem to do all right with that strategy at home. But away, it just all seems to go to pot, especially in the last two away games. It's, it's interesting that you mentioned Christian Fernandes because he's, um, he's obviously the third 
of the left backs that we've given a run to this season. Yeah, yeah, and, definitely. And, and easily, easily the most accomplished of the, of the three so far. So, mind you, when you when 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 you're up against Pena, that's probably not the, the greatest <laughs> stack. Yeah, um, no. going, but but no, fair point. The fair point that he was missed. But again, it, for, for me, it was a case of the, uh, the the sort of the, the commentators' curse to a certain extent because the the local press have been sort of really shouting up uh, Verdi's in the in the last week or so, saying what a what a rock he's been at the back and everything, and and then this happens. Yeah, yeah, he he made a bit, he dropped a bit of a clangor for one of their goals. I think it was the third or fourth goal. I can't quite remember, but or, or maybe yeah. both. Who, who, yeah, who knows? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but he he has been quite solid this season, and he's even chipped in with a few goals. So hopefully that last week was just a one-off from him. Hopefully, yeah, yeah, you're right though. In, ter- in terms of key, sort of, there's there's the I wouldn't go as far as saying it's a spine to the team because it doesn't necessarily run through the middle of the pitch. But there are some key players and key positions which are which are vital to the side. For me, Toshe, although not my favourite type of centre-forward, uh, does offer us something different um, at leading the line, which uh, which I think has been missed as well, uh, especially especially in a game like that where you, where you need the ball to stick with your front man if you're, if you're, if you're going to be playing that sort of way. So, so um, any any other thoughts from the game other than just hopefully writing it off as a, as a double freak occurrence and maybe it won't happen again this time? <laughs> Yeah, well, that's what we all hope for. I think that it won't happen again, and then hopefully you can get back to some sort of solid away form. Hopefully, <laughs> I mean, the, the most curious thing about it all was the fact that we, well, to be fair, we we kind of called it in the in the pod last week that we're 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 obviously very very good at home and a superb win against Levante the, the week before, but we've only, t- uh, I mean, only, I think it was of the six games that we've won. Only two of them been against teams that started the day with fewer points than us, and that and that's a stat that's obviously came back to bite us on the backside again this this weekend. So, so it's something that does seem to be a uh, if you're going to go looking for problems in in our form, that that looks like it could be it that we are clearly raising our game against the the so-called bigger sides or certainly in the bigger matches. Yet we seem to be dropping dropping the ball when it comes to games where on paper as much as it can be on paper in this division we we should be winning yeah i agree with that yeah um yeah it seems odd that we seem to well it ha- well it, naturally every team would raise their game when they're playing a team slightly higher than them for bragging rights they want to be teams obviously higher than them but you also have to remember that we have to play our normal game against teams who are below us in the league, we can't get too complacent. And I think maybe a bit of complacency has crept in over the past few weeks, possibly. I don't know. Do, do, so do you, th- do you think it's complacency? Because the way that we set up is is, in, is interesting because the way that we set up does does actually lend itself very well to playing teams that are potentially in better form than us. They'll, we allow them to come on to us because they're confident, they're playing well, they've got the ball, and then we hit them on the break. And, and that's exactly how it worked against Levante. Levante came to us expecting to win, uh, and we managed to keep them out and then get a couple of goals ourselves. Against the, In matches where we kind of need to take the initiative and get on the front foot, and especially in the first half of games, I've not seen us take the initiative 
um, in uh, and get on the front foot in the first half of a game at all this season. It's always been in the second half where we've actually played with a bit of tempo and actually looked to impose our game on on the uh, on the opposition. Do you, do you think it is a case of we 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 almost sit there looking to play counter attack against a team that isn't attacking us, so it becomes a bit of a stalemate. Then we lose concentration, and before we know it, we're in trouble. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. It definitely balances out the sort of game for the other team. And maybe if they see that we're not attacking to them, they'll, they'll go, oh, hang on. Maybe we can have a go at these and maybe nick a goal. And that's what I think teams have been doing to us. Well, it's it's, it's not all lost because uh, as we'll, we'll just go through the results of the um, of the weekend, Dan, and then, we'll, and then we'll get to know you a little bit more. But we'll yeah, go, through no the, go, go through the results and then I'll uh, give the rundown of the, of the league table as well. So it was the round of 16 last weekend and uh, Nastic beat uh, Cadiz. Shock result there. I think most people would uh, would agree. Lugo lost three one at home to Tenerife. Vidalid and Almeria drew nil nil. Alcacon beat Oviedo five one as we know. Yukan Murcia beat Namanthia three two. Namanthia were down to nine men at some point in uh, at some point in that game. Zaragoza and Royce drew two apiece. Elche beat Mallorca one nil. Huesca lost two one at home to Girona. Sabia B beat Mirandes one nil and Cord. But lost 3-1 at home to Getafe. And what that means to the league table is, just wait for that to come up. At the top, you've still got Levante uh, with a four-point lead now over Girona and Sevilla. Uh, Sevilla, obviously, being in the promotion playoffs is kind of like a free pass for everyone else in and around them. Uh, four, fifth and sixth are Royce, Getafe and Oviedo. So the defeat hasn't seen us cartwheel too far down the table. Uh, in 7th, 8th and ninth, all on 22 points are Huesca, Elche and Tenerife. Uh, I'm not going to go through the rest of the table because it moves up and down like the wind. But, uh, <laughs> but it's still very, very tight. All the way down to 22nd place, bottom of the table, is now Mirandez, who have been uh, overtaken by Nastic, but also Viacano uh, down there on 16 points at the bottom of the table as well, albeit with a game in hand. But things not going the way Viacano would have expected at all this season. But to give it some context, bottom is 16th, second is 20. So you've got 11 points between second place and 22nd place, which is widening a little bit, but it is still incredibly tight. So that's how it kind of stands after after the 16th round of fixtures. But anyway, enough about enough about the performances. Dan, tell us how you got involved with Oviedo in the first place. Um, I think I saw it via Twitter in about May 2015, so quite recent, really. Okay. And then uh, I made my first visit in November 2015, I think, uh, so last season. And I, since October this year, I've moved out here. So yeah. <laughs> now, now, please, now I've, I, there's there's a a fairly cult video of me through Football Manager having moved to Spain off the back of playing Football Manager. Uh, <laughs> please, please tell me that you've moved to Oviedo purely because of the club. Uh, yeah, that is the main reason. Uh, basically, I finished school last year and now I'm on a gap year. So I was looking at possible destinations and Oviedo really stood out for me. So here I am, really. Fantastic. <laughs> and where are you from originally then? Uh, I'm from Cardiff in Wales. So. So you're probably finding the weather somewhat similar. <laughs> yeah, very similar. Yeah, it's just like being at home. <laughs> Excellent. So, so what is it about then about Oviedo aside from the football that that, that you're enjoying? Well, tell us a little bit more about the city. From your um, 
it's obviously a really beautiful city as most people who visit knows the people are really friendly and of course it's much cheaper than home as well so <laughs> many positive factors really and what sort of uh other than the Cardiff Tartieri what what other sort of sites have you seen and what's your favorite so far uh well you've obviously got the center Oviedo and the cathedral and Calais Rio, which is the sort of main shopping street of Oviedo. And then you've got places further afield, such as Comodongo, which are really nice as well. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it is an absolutely stunning city. Um, yeah. The, uh, I mean, we all, we we joke about the weather and everything, especially now I'm living down on the on the Costa Blanca. I joke about it even more. <laughs> but but as a, as a city, Oviedo and and the people, as as you say, anyone who's been out there, the people are absolutely fantastic. And I, I've personally never been felt uh, been made to feel so welcome by by a group of people who uh, who have just been brought together via via a tweet and a football club. Um, it is it is absolutely. Yeah. Um, absolutely humbling when you when you see the gratitude of uh, of the fans from uh, from sort of like the uh, the the overseas shareholders in particular who then come out to see the club as well and uh, uh, and all things like that. So what are you actually doing uh, doing up in Oviedo then, Dan? Just, uh, uh, just, just at the being, moment, uh... I'm... <laughs> no, I'm English teaching at the moment. Okay. So... Yeah, so that fills up my weekend and the weekends are free then for football and just general sightseeing usually. Great stuff. And what's been, for you personally, what, uh, oh, actually, what what was your first game? Can you remember who we played when you went out there the first time? Um, I came out for a week just to sort my flat and stuff and uh, that was, uh, we went to the Getafe away game and then the Royce home game. But my first home game since I've been living here was the Tenerife win, I think, the 2-0 win at home. Fantastic, fantastic. So no, I mean that's that, that that's brilliant. It's always good to hear sort of stories like this in in football, where where people have done something crazy, like follow their team uh, halfway around the world to uh, and actually move in move into the city. So with uh, with, with what you've seen so far, then um, and try, tr- trying to be as impartial as possible, how, how do you rate our chances this season? Um, it's hard to say really because this league is obviously really unpredictable, but. Um, I think if we can sort out the away form and start to pick up maybe more draws or and the occasional win on the road, maybe I think we've got a good chance, especially if we keep up our good home form. Yeah, hopefully either that we'll nick that second place or a playoff place. Great stuff. And you mentioned Christian Fernandez and Verdes there, sort of two players that have caught your eye. But but who, who else has really stood out for you as a, as a sort of key to the Oviedo team? I think obviously you have to say Michu. I maybe he hasn't chipped in with as many goals as people would have imagined, but I think if you if you study him closely as a player, he sort of brings that team together with his link up play, his fan, his touches, his flicks. They're really a class above everyone else, I think. And maybe sometimes his work goes a bit unnoticed, I feel. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. We were we were down at UCAM Murthia for the cup game, um on his return. And uh, bearing in mind the guy hadn't played a game of professional football for for goodness knows how long. Again, even then, you could just see the the the, the extra level of class that you when you watch professional football. Sometimes it is it is all quite samey in terms of standard. But then when you do get somebody who's just got that extra bit, they they do sort of stick out like like a sore thumb. And, it, and even then on his comeback game, Mitch, you uh, Mitch, you had that that nobody else on the on the pitch had. Do you, what 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 would you do to to maybe get a little bit more out of Mitch this season? Um, it's hard to say because he has been sort of playing in that central attacking role, hasn't he? Really. So 
I'm not sure if we've tried him as an out-and-out striker yet, but I would maybe like to see him pushed further up. But we'll have to see, really. Because uh, Pereira's I like as well, and he's come into the team recently. Obviously, he got the goal on Saturday mm. as well. Um, but then you've also got Toche, who you've got to try and try and fit in as well, because he's a good player. But, yeah, it's almost like we seem to have too many attacking options. <laughs> yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree with that. And it's finding about the right combination, really, um, because sort of the combination that's going to get the best out of everyone. I mentioned it on, yeah. on the pod last week that Susayeta and Michu, on paper, are probably two of our better players, and absolutely no doubts about that at all. But the yeah. system that we're playing probably doesn't allow either of them to, to play their natural game particularly particularly well because Suzette is never going to be a wide man who's going to beat a man for pace and, sort no. of, and, be, and be able to carry the ball fast distances he's more of a player in the Beckham sort of wide right sort of mould of get the ball to feet and be able to play very good passes over significant distances um, and equally with Michu, well, Michu, you'd probably play him in that sort of in that shadow striker, just bit, just off a front man type position. But we can't really, we, 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 when we try to play that sort of way, it left too many holes in the midfield, which is why we've dropped to a sort of to a, to a three in midfield now, especially, especially in the home game. So neither, sort of neither players really being allowed to play their natural game in, in the system. And I think that's possible. Well, no, it's definitely to the detriment of them, but is it to the detriment of the of the team as well, and um, it's it's hard to tell really from the uh, from the images that we get sort of streamed in at, at the weekend. But uh, what what do you think from watching the games live? Uh, yeah, yeah, I completely agree with you. It, it is about finding that balance. But you like, for example, as you said, Susayeta hasn't played to his full potential this year. But that's probably due to the system we play. I mean, last season he was excellent. I'm not sure how many assists he got in the end, but he seemed to put some class balls into the box and so and we usually got goals from most of them and but then you've also got to consider Toche Michu if we played them both up front they're both very similar players neither of them have got bags of pace so maybe would that slow our attacking play down so it's a hard one yeah it's definitely a tough one like it, I think it kind of comes back to to sort of what what we were saying at the start of the season on on the pod around what is our what is our style of attacking play? Have we actually got? Uh, have we made a decision on how we're going to score our goals? And in Toche and Michu, you've got although not bags of pace, two very predatory type sort of penalty area players who are also very very good in the air and do know how to arrive into space at the right time. With Susayeta, you've then also got the capability of getting the ball in the box. Yet, so far this season, when they've all been on the pitch together, you just haven't seen that be... And that's probably the most obvious thing to do, is to get the ball into Susayeta and get the ball in the box. Yet, we don't seem to ever create a pattern of play that uh, that sort of really re- relies on that. And it's often the full-backs who are putting the crosses in. And I don't care how much people like uh, like the right-back. Susayeta has got a far better delivery than uh, than that guy. So it should be him who's putting the uh, putting the crosses in for, for the likes of Toshe. But uh, but then if you do that, then where do you play Linares? And I love Linares, and he's uh, <laughs> he's even more of a predator in the box than the rest of them put together. So and he can't really yeah. play him left midfield in a flat four in midfield. So it, it does it does get quite challenging really when it when it comes to that. So yeah, I'd agree with that. Especially they were playing Linares at left mid uh, for a few weeks, weren't they? And I think that was sort of Hierro's thought. Ah, well, let's try this. Maybe we won the first game with him playing there. So yeah. maybe, yeah, we'll keep on playing in there. But I think that temporary fix is sort of not working anymore. So maybe we're going to have to explore other options. 
it, it does feel like Linares is being crowbarred into the side a lot of the time. I mean, he was also then playing sort of right of the front three when Sousa Eta was, was out injured. And he actually played it really, really well because he's got the intelligence to drift inside and play more as an inside forward than, a, than an out-and-out winger sort of type. But when he stuck him out on the left, it just didn't, it just didn't seem to work. It didn't seem to work as well. The balance seemed wrong because I think we had a natural left footer out on the left when Linares was playing sort of on the, on the right of the three. And that just seemed to... The, the balance seemed to be better there. But then we, when we tried to play him up front in a 4-4-2 alongside Toche at the start of the season, that didn't work either because Linares was being asked to come in short. So there does seem yeah. to be a lot of square pegs in going into round holes at the moment. And yeah, and it, again, it always sounds like I'm incredibly negative every time we do the podcast. But yeah, we're, we're sixth in the table. And I still, and I say, I say this a lot. I, I would just love to see what we could do if we actually start playing really well and players start getting played in, in a system that actually suits them so yeah definitely it would be really interesting to see with everyone playing in their natural position their natural roles how good we could really be what's the what's the thoughts around Hierro on the on the streets of Oviedo then how how are the fans taking to him um I think the majority of fans think he's a solid coach but obviously he hasn't managed a team before and Oviedo's a big job for your first job so I think it's sort of question of time maybe see how he develops over the next few months and he hasn't made a bad start for his first managerial job to be fair so hopefully he can pick up a few more good results and maybe take us up the table a bit no i think i think that's probably that's probably fair um yeah as i say here yeah, it is his first job um in terms of the, in terms of the results, I mean, he made he made a slow but solid start. I think the league tables probably helped him a little bit. If I'm being completely yeah. honest, I mean, we did not play well in quite a few games, but didn't seem to disappear down the table. But then we've beaten the league leaders, who have barely barely dropped a point all season as well. And that so it's it's. Uh, It'd be interesting to see what what the real Hierro is in terms of his team and, and where he's going to take this team over over the rest of the season, because he's clearly going to need to come up with a with a new strategy for the away games. But so far, we've seen that he does adapt his formations and his styles if it's not working. So, so uh, I think he might have noticed that the away games aren't working at the moment, having let in nine in in two games <laughs> for a, for a manager who's clearly building a team around a, a, a watertight defence. I think that might be a slight indication that uh, we have a leak somewhere so uh, hopefully he'll uh, he'll adjust that adjust that accordingly um, so let's have yeah. a look uh, look forward to this weekend's games then folks uh, bear with me two seconds whilst I bring those up so it's round 17 this weekend and on Friday night we have got Getafe against Sevilla B uh, on Saturday, we have uh, Mirandes and Elche, Nemanthia host Almeria, UCAM host Lugo and Cadiz host Zaragoza. On Sunday, the two early kickoffs are Girona Levante, which will be a very big game, uh, Viacano and Alcacon. And then in the afternoon, the four o'clock kickoff, we have Oviedo t- uh, playing Nastic. And then the six o'clock kickoffs, uh, this is six o'clock Spanish time, Mallorca play Valladolid and Tenerife play Huesca. And we are finishing the weekend with Royce hosting Cordoba. Other than Oviedo hosting Nastic down, what games stand out for you this week? Um, well, the league's so unpredictable. Well, anyone could beat anyone, really, can't they? I think Getafe Sevilla B would be a good game. Yeah, because Sevilla B have been on really good form, to be fair, especially for a B side. 
they've done really well, especially after what happened with Athletic Bilbao B last season. Yeah. They were terrible. So really, they have done really well. But it's obviously their good form is good for us as well because we can nick a playoff place possibly because they're not allowed to go up, obviously. So. Indeed. That there yeah. might well come a time in the season where actually you're just willing to be here to get the second place. <laughs> yeah, um, definitely. If, if, if they do start to open up a gap between them and the playoffs, you just what you do just want them to to, to come second. So, uh, so that obviously somebody else can uh, have a have a go. Uh, looking at it myself, um, which game did I notice there? I think yeah, Girona Levante. That should be a good game because Girona, uh, Girona are a solid side, obviously, and Levante uh, still top of the table. But I think actually, let me just go back to the league table. I think there might only be four points between them. Uh, where are we? Yeah, no, it's, it's first against second. So oh. or, se- or second against first, I should say. So a win there for Girona really does close the gap and uh, makes the table even even tighter at the top. So so yeah, it'd be interesting to see what. Uh, what comes out of that game? And at the bottom, Viacano need a win somewhat desperately. So they are playing Alcacon, who are quite a good side, <laughs> as, we, uh, as we've as we found out for ourselves. So, yeah. so Dan, okay, a uh, little challenge for you: sum up the season so far in three words from the Oviedo perspective. Uh, can can I use four? Yeah, go on then. Use four. <laughs> good home, bad away. Yeah, I think that's that's probably a, a very, very good way of uh, of describing it. Okay then, guys. Well, I think that's probably going to bring us to the end of today's podcast. Uh, Dan, it's been absolutely great having you on. Uh, for anyone who's not following you on Twitter yet, where can they find you? Uh, it's at DanRoberts underscore 97. Excellent. Good stuff. Uh, and if you want, to, well, if you're not following us on Twitter yet, but you've stumbled across the podcast through SoundCloud, uh, iTunes and all that good stuff. We are at Rail Oviedo Pod. Uh, if you are not following us on SoundCloud or iTunes or anything, do subscribe because then you definitely don't miss any of the episodes. And as we know, we're not exactly consistent in when we, uh, when we release these things. If you see us on Twitter, please do retweet it so that other Oviedo fans can actually know that we exist. We would love to get the listener numbers up and do leave us a nice review on whichever platform you downloaded it from. So guys, uh, we move on to next week. We're playing Nastic. Don't want to alarm you, but they've got themselves off the bottom of the table so they're not the walkovers they might have been a few weeks ago but we beat everyone at the Carlos Tartieri so it should be absolutely no problems whatsoever will we be eating those words next week who knows thanks very much guys you've been listening to us and we'll speak to you again soon